0: Did you miss Candy and Carlin?
1: It's Candy and Carlin on ESPN Radio, ESPN Plus, Sirius XM, Channel 80, the ESPN app. Harry Douglas, Jason Fitz, in for the guys. Harry, did you wear pants today? I mean, Candy and Carlin, you never know, but Harry's still in the suit jacket. But we saw you on this just in. I didn't see, like, you didn't do any stand-ups there that I saw, so I'm not sure. Like does the, the suit, suit, Listen, suit I ha- and pants.
2: I have on pants today, but when I'm at home on my TVU, I can't say that I always wear pants. No, Just being man. honest.
1: I mean, look, I'm just telling you, like, for anyone that doesn't know, Harry and I are very, very close friends. We're, we're like brothers, right? Yes. Uh, Harry, the world does not need to see your chicken legs, so wear pants. <laughs> That's all I'm saying. <laughs> Harry played in the wide, wide receiver in the NFL, and I'm calling his legs chicken legs. What am They're I doing small, with, with my legs? Like, really? Tiny that's a genetics all right uh somebody that does not have small legs at all and could power us both into wherever he chooses to place us willie rofe joining us pro football hall of fame tackle we appreciate your time willie thank you so much uh for hanging out with us obviously we got a lot of football news we want to get into but if if i'm hearing correctly you are headed to london to watch the saints game is that is that is this fact you're going to london
3: Uh, you know, no, we're not headed to London, man. It was uh, you know, we're down here with the hurricane, and um, we didn't read the fine print with the deal we had scheduled with Executive Tours. We had to get so many people to sign up to go to go to London and watch the game, and uh. Uh, the Saints and uh, Vikings aren't doing too well, so uh, not a lot of people want to go over there right now. <laughs> All
1: right. Well, one team that is doing well uh, are the Chiefs, but they had a little bit of a setback last week. Uh, w- when you look at the Chiefs and Tyreek without his, Tyreek being on their offense, what kind of difference is it making in your mind?
3: Wow. Uh, you know, I, I guess they thought they could have a receiver by committee, and I guess McCall was supposed to be uh, you know, I guess you want to say the poor man's Tyreek in, in the new system, and uh, they drafted the young man from Western Michigan. We played him a couple of times in college, uh, Skyler. But uh, you know, uh, he's special, man, and 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 you you don't know what you got till you miss it. And uh, you know, he opens up the field so much for everybody else. And and another thing that I see that they that they did try to do against. Buffalo, they didn't do last week, They, I mean, against uh, the Chargers. They did run the ball some effectively. They never got a running game going, which is tough to do on the road, especially when it turns into a dogfight and you start throwing the ball and relying on, on, uh, on Patrick to do everything, and, and that's kind of what it turned into last week.
2: Well it's a big game this weekend, the first time these two teams are playing since that Super Bowl loss uh, for the Chiefs when they were defeated by the Tampa Bay Buccaneers, but the Buccaneers being displaced because of the hurricane. Do you think that's going to throw like a wrench in their preparation uh, and mess up their focus for this matchup this weekend?
3: I, I don't. You know what? I don't think so. I think uh, they went down to Miami. They've been practicing in Miami, which is close. We, since we weren't going to London, we were supposed to go to that game. God be willing, we still, they they still can play it in Tampa. I just if my my deal is they're talking about moving it to New Orleans or wherever. If 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 uh, Miami's playing Thursday night in uh on the road then why well, i don't know why they won't play it in miami but uh i don't i, I don't see why they would they would want to move it if, if they get play it down in miami i think that would be more of a home field advantage now if they go somewhere in the midwest and play the game inside a dome then you might have more chiefs fans than you have Tampa may fans at that game
1: we're talking to pro football hall of famer willie rofe on and carlin harry douglas jason fits in for the guys i can't talk to willie rofe and not talk about the saints so let's start with Jameis winston do they have their franchise quarterback in your mind,
3: man? You know what? I feel sorry for that young man. You know what he's dealing with that back, with a back injury, trying to play football. Uh, that's a tough deal because anything you torque, you try to throw the ball. He's going to feel that, and I don't think he's been himself. He had the ACL, he had the back back. I'm not sure if he is the franchise quarterback, and if and if and if I hope he gets better. If he if he needs to sit down in a couple of weeks, I'd rather him sit down and get that back feeling better than get out there and get hit on it some more. Because because then it's not gonna get better at all. So if he needs to sit down, sit down and try to put together a good season. Because if he doesn't put it, put together a decent season, I feel like they're gonna have to go in another direction.
2: Dennis Allen is now the head coach in New Orleans, and I can honestly say watching all their games and their film each quarter, they don't, they've they only played one good quarter of football. That was the fourth quarter against the Atlanta Falcons where they came back and won. But they could easily mm-hmm. right now be 0-3. Do you think this team misses Sean Payton that much that they can't perform offensively, defensively on special teams and stack up wins?
3: That's a good question, man. Um Anytime you turn over a coach, and you know it's going to be tweaks to the system. So I feel like they're still learning, learning and stuff. I mean, they've got they've got eleven sacks this year. Uh, you know, uh, again, another team that they missed uh, Kamar. They haven't been running the football as much. I know they got the, the young man they drafted for for the left tackle position. He's been out, so some of the chemistry is off with the line. You got a bunch of new receivers. So, like uh, I had to quote Steve Young they're still in the preseason cuz we don't they don't play a lot in the preseason so the teams are still figuring out what their identity is. So I don't think we really see who the Saints are right now and with Tyreek going and all, uh, all the new faces with the Chiefs, we really don't see the identity of the team yet. I will say this both teams need to be more dependent on the running game and open up things that free make things a lot easier for the quarterbacks either way cuz you see what Dallas does, Dallas has an excellent defense. They take the pressure because they had, they had a two-running two, two running back monster the other night to rush for almost 180 yards. That opens everything up for the quarterback. They Shout-out to the young left tackle from Tulsa with the good feet. He's doing a good job for them. The Cowboys have the number one reading line. That was a good draft pick for them. And uh, You see the defense are leading them, and they're, they're running the ball, keeping the chains moving, and it's helping them win football games.
1: We're talking to Pro Football Hall of Fame tackle Willie Rove. Willie, tell us what you're working on to help fans have a more enjoyable game day experience.
3: You know, you know. Hey, I want to tell you guys, man. We had a product in 2017. You can go watch Aaron's with Willie Rolfe YouTube. It's a nice little video that, that I did uh, with the sanction. It's got the product on. It's called Aaron's with Willie uh, on YouTube. And uh, basically, man, you got all these fans at these games, right? Everybody's got their cell phones or. And, or you have players. So, we had the, a few years back, we had the NFL, the NFL PA license, and we had the helmet, hat, all these products made to fit on your car. Well, we had an NFL PA license, so I could put Harry. I could put Russell Wilson. I could put any player I want on there with his lithogram and or I could put the fan on the plate with him to put on his wall and his manclave or fans at all these games can take a picture from the stands. It's a big game. They can put the score on it, and they can take it home as a memorabilia piece. So it's a great concept of an idea, and I just want to get it out there. and I want people to know about it. So check out as with Willie Rolfe. Uh, YouTube, and you can check out the product. And, uh, you know, hopefully I get something going with it soon.
1: Willie, we appreciate your time, my friend. Thank you so much for hanging out with us. Enjoy the season.
3: Well, thank you for having me, man. Y'all have a good one. Y'all stay safe. Thank you. ESPN
1: Radio presented by Progressive Insurance. Drivers who switch and save with Progressive save over $700 on average. All right. Everybody's talking about the Dolphins. Uh oh. The question is are we ready to give two of the real qu- credit? and is it right to we're going to debate it next espn radio espn plus
0: passion drive and patience the formula for winning championships is also what keeps your ride or die alive ebay motors has everything you need to maintain your vehicle Not cash with all the parts you need at the prices you want it's easy to make your car the MVP and bring home huge wins keep your ride or die alive at ebaymotors.com motors.com eligible items only exclusions apply
4: ten seconds on the clock how many things can you name that are always growing your relationships your skills your customer base how about businesses on Shopify <coughs> Shopify is the global commerce platform that helps you sell at every stage of your business
0: It's get up in the morning. Good morning. It is time to get up. But in the afternoon, we get down. Get down on it. It's time for Get Up, Get Down. Get
4: down on it.
1: It's Kenny and Carlin on ESPN Radio, the ESPN app, Series XM channel, lady ESPN Plus and your smart speaker or smart speakers. I don't know. We're still trying to figure that out. I'm going to be honest with you all during the break. Harry said, is it smart speaker or smart speakers? I don't know. I'm trying to get you to play. It says here smart speakers, but what if you only have one? What if you, know you only what, have you one know what smart... I'll tell
2: him? Who cares if it's speaker or speaker?
1: Damn it, just listen to us. That's fair. I love that. Kenny and Carlin presented yes. by Progressive Insurance. You know what time it is. All right, whenever Chris Kenny is on Get Up, we like to uh, then play here and see what we think. Chris Kenny, Dominique Foxworth, ESPN NFL analyst, had this to say about Tua the Dolphins, and the Doubters on, uh, on Get Up this morning.
0: He's a good game manager, and he showed me a lot on Sunday with his physical that's toughness. That's out, I think that's the biggest thing that he showed me and the biggest takeaway that I had was, But we got to understand, this is a good Miami Dolphins team. We're talking about Tua having that hit against Matt Milano. That was one of the few times he had actually gotten touched all game. Only one sack, three quarterback contacts. That offensive line is doing its job. The skill position players are doing their job. The defense is doing their job. I just don't want people to gloss over the fact that this is a really good team. Nobody's glossing over that. The question coming in this season wasn't, are they a really good team? The questions were about Tua. So we're
2: trying to answer those questions. He's a franchise quarterback. And the point is, name a great quarterback who's not on a good team
1: now that is the great question name a a a great quarterback that's not on a good team like it it's it it is weird here Harry like where are you on Tua right now I have high praise for Tua
2: um we got to give credit where credit is due right there was a lot of questions coming into the season a lot of a lot of parts were added to this Miami Dolphins offense I think one of the the smartest things that things that Mike McDaniel did was keeping this defensive staff intact because that was not the problem Right, Mike McDaniel came in and he implemented his offense and his offensive system, added pieces to it, and it has benefited Tua very, very well. Listen, nobody has a high completion percentage than Tua Tagovailoa right now in the National Football League. His accuracy and what Tyreek Hill was saying in the offseason, well, the numbers are there. Like They're there right now. Um, I love the way he is orchestrating the offense and playing in the confines of the offense. And the biggest play for me within that game against the Buffalo Bills, third and 22, right? In the play that they ran, they isolated uh, Jalen Waddle on the right hand side of the field in a cut split, and they, it was covered two to that side. In the corner didn't get a good jam on Jalen Waddle, and he ran like a nod post, the same nod post that I've seen Jordy Nelson and Green Bay run a million of millions of times, and Aaron Rodgers make that throw. Tua Tungavalo on third and twenty-two put that ball the only place he can he could put it for it, for it to be a completion. So I'm telling everyone who's not high on Tua, who's not giving him his praise. You have to give the man his praise because he showed up and showed out. Against the Buffalo Bills, was his numbers amazing? No, they weren't amazing, but he made the throws that he had to make. He stayed in the football game. Granted, I thought he should not have stayed in the football game. Uh, I, don't, I do not believe it was a back injury. If your back hurting, you're going to grab your back at some point. He never grabbed his back. Mm-hmm. But he stayed in the game, and he delivered for his football team. And he showed up in big moments. The week before that against the Baltimore Ravens' Lamar Jackson, who I have as the MVP right now in the National Football League. Two or two, what, four touchdowns in the fourth quarter. Five, I believe, in a – yeah, five in the second half. And balled out and did his thing. So some weeks you're going to have him, okay, he has to be a manager, but then there are other weeks he's going to be, okay, Tua, we need you. You're going to have to sling this thing and get us get it done, get Get us over the hump. And I just love the position that he's in. His wide receiver Tyreek Hill, who I think is top five in the National Football League, has given him all that confidence. Mike McDaniel has given him all the confidence. The organization now, it's about damn time, has given him that confidence. So I believe in Tua because it's all about, we, we talked about this earlier, it's all about putting players around your franchise quarterback, or especially young quarterbacks that you draft previously, he didn't have those players. This year, he has those players. They're they're three and zero to go along with that defense that has been phenomenal, not just last year but this year as well.
1: So here's where I'm a little torn onto it because I I love everything you just said, but part of what you just said was that some weeks he's going to be asked to be a game manager, some weeks he's going to ask to go out and lead this team. What happens for us? And this is right or wrong. Like I can't change this. What happens for us is that once we see some success from a quarterback, we suddenly presume that that quarterback should be Superman. Like that can lift anything and take anything and take anything over. So like the concept of being a good quarterback means to so many people, you're the type of quarterback that even if everything around you is falling apart, you're going to be the guy that wins football games. I don't know that that's Tua right now. What I think Tua is in the situation now is like where what they're asking of him is for him to be pretty darn good. And pretty darn good with the, you know, every once in a while the uptick to to having a really great moment. They're not asking him to come in and be Mahomes. And the problem is we don't, as a society, the minute we see a quarterback be pretty good, we think they should be Mahomes. That That's easier said than done, right? Mm-hmm. Like, uh, So, to me, what you just described is a really accurate description of Tua. But it's the reason that I think there are still doubters because we have this concept of game manager being this negative. It's like when you hear athlete of yeah, a guy I,
2: being drunk. I, I hate it. I hate yeah. that people has they have that, that – that mindset when it comes to a game manager. And I'll be honest, you look at a guy like Tom Brady, Teddy Bridgewater when he was playing, you never get tired of making deposits and putting money in the bank. So if you got to take the check down, take the check down. Right? Josh Allen, I can tell, against the, against the Miami Dolphins last weekend, he was getting annoyed with taking the check downs. But he had to do what he had to do. That's a part of his growth. When it comes to a guy like Tua, man, uh, this pop, this is probably a bad analogy, but I'm going to use Tom Brady. There were weeks – remember Tom Brady's in New England, right? And – Tom Brady may throw for 300 yards or 290, 280 uh, one week, but then don't have astronomical numbers the next week. Well, it's because of who they're playing, the offensive plan, the offense philosophy, the offensive philosophy that week, right? Every week, is not going to go out here and just be throwing for 400 and throwing for 350 yards. Uh, he can have a 199, a 200-yard game and still be productive in the team win. That's a part of team football. So I don't want people to just say, you know, to a pass for 350, we need to see this every week. That's not how football works. This is not Madden 2022 or 2023. That's not how the NFL works either.
1: Well, and, you know, I was uh, working with A.J. McCarron uh, last weekend on the college football show on digital, and one thing he talked about so much that is just ingrained in the mindset of uh, the great quarterbacks in the league, many of them, in his opinion, and also what was ingrained in him in college. And I know A.J. didn't have a a huge NFL career, but he talked about the two principles that – uh, Alabama taught him every single day. One was touchdown, check down. So if the touchdown's not there, take the check down. And then two was take what the defense gives you, and eventually the defense will give you the game. And there's a a mindset to that that certain coaches have. I'm not sure we know yet as an identity where Miami's going to fall in that entire mindset. But there is more and more of that. To your point with Josh Allen, taking those checkdowns is a smart move to make. Now, as fans, a lot of times we're sitting in the stands and we're screaming, be aggressive until there's an interception. And then all of a sudden it's like, why were you so aggressive, right? Mm -hmm. Like there's no fine line on it. But realistically, the great quarterbacks are the ones that know when to find that line between aggressive and smart. Right now, I think two is playing really smart football. And I want to commend playing really smart football. I just think that once we take smart football and assign the conversation of future MVP to it, all of a sudden now it becomes, well, you can't just play smart football. you got to be the guy that's putting up 723 yards a game and 18 touchdowns. Like, our, our, re, our expectations become so unrealistic the minute we think a quarterback's pretty good that it's stupid. So, like, I just want to pull everything back a little bit on Tua and say, like, right now, he's he's good, and, and being good is good enough. That, that's... You know, not the best hot take, but it feels like the right take on him. In the meantime, obviously, we've got a lot of football to get into. The Dolphins beat the Bills in week three. The question is, how much was it the Miami Heat? How much was it the Bills not being 100%? We'll break down that side of the matchup.
4: Now, let's talk about the play of the week. The pressure to follow up hypnotic and cognac weighing heavy on the team. Again, try Jet's signature eight-corner pizza and get $5 off with code 8SAVE. That's the number eight, S-A-V-E. Jet's Pizza. Better because it has to be.
0: Yo, check this out from Canty and Carlin. It's
1: Canty and Carlin on ESPN Radio, the ESPN app, Sirius XM, Channel 80, ESPN Plus, your smart speakers, your grandma's house. We're basically everywhere. Harry Douglas, Jason Fitz. Hanging out with you guys. You guys can chime in on our conversation. 888 say espn eight 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 seven two nine. Three, seven, seven, six. Uh, we're going to, we're just going to, I mean, now we need to get some Bills expertise, some NFL expertise. Yes. Uh, we're going to get some expertise all the way around the, the board. And it comes in the form of Eric Wood, Bills radio announcer, Bills radio analyst, former NFL tackle. But Eric, we're going to start with the, the real nitty gritty here. Uh, you played at Louisville. Uh, I've been working with Harry for a long time. Give me some dirt. Like, like tell me what I don't know about Harry Douglas that I can give him grief about for the rest of his life.
5: Man, I would just say, ask Harry about what he said to the fans in Connecticut from the bench one time. That that was one of the funniest things I've ever heard, not radio appropriate per se, unless Harry uh, twists his words a little bit. But when I think of Harry Douglas, I think ultimate competitor, great teammate, great leader, not surprised one bit with the success they had in the NFL and now in the media. When I think of him, I crack up laughing every time I think back can, can, at that Utah game.
1: Eric, can, can you give me an answer to a real question here, too? Because like Harry and I worked together for a long time. We are very close. He's still trying to convince me he's 6'1". You've stood next to the man. There's no way he's 6'1", right? I am. Come on. No, I don't think he's <laughs> 6'1". I mean Okay, Harry, you can take the interview from here. I'm done. i I'll take the rest what of did the, the What did the combine say he was? Uh, yeah. Uh, that's a good question. I'm gonna go back and look that I, I mean a gross spurt late. No guys. Oh, Yeah, I forgot. Yeah, thank I, you. When I asked uh, when I asked y'all's former coach at one point if he was six one, he was like, Not when I was with him, but you know, <laughs> he keeps trying to tell me he grew in the NFL. What are we doing, Eric? That go ahead, Harry. You can take it out. Yeah, yeah. he
5: was Wikipedia says six foot, but he might have put that in there. <laughs>
2: Ewood, man, i got to ask you about these Buffalo Bills. You do a phenomenal job uh, calling Buffalo Bills uh, games as a color analyst. i got to ask you, man, you look at that secondary right now, it's pretty depleted. Moving forward, do you think that's going to be an issue for them?
5: It could be. Now, the kicker is only Micah Hyde's out for the season. Hopefully the Bills will get back their all-pro safety. Jordan Poyer, this week, Tredavious White starting the year on IR. After game four, he'll be eligible to return. You get another all-pro player back right there. Christian Benford, who was playing well as a rookie, he broke his hand last game. He should be back. He had a successful surgery yesterday. So all that being said, we should be getting some reinforcements back in the secondary, but you go down to Miami with both safeties out, both cornerbacks out, and then you lose one of your rookies that you were concerned going into the game that you have two, two rookies starting the game, and now you even have to go further down the depth chart. But all that being said, you hold two under, 200-yard two passing, that's not necessarily the biggest issue coming out of Miami game looking ahead.
1: All right, so what is the biggest issue at this point Coming, at, go looking ahead?
5: I mean, it, defensively, uh, they're doing a great job. I think they're fourth in the NFL in scoring defense. And then offensively, in the last game, they just couldn't get the ball in the end zone. You go two for four in the red zone. You miss a field goal. It's the clock management, and it's the kind of the little things that didn't get them over the hump last year. Everyone saw that final 13 seconds in the Kansas City game, and it's that last final piece. And they come into this season as the betting favorites to win the Super Bowl. And through two weeks, they sure looked it. Now they get hammered by the injury bug. But fortunately, a lot of these guys will be coming back this season. But they get hammered by the injury bug. And in those circumstances, especially when a lot of it's on the defensive side of the football, the offense has got to get the ball in the end zone. You face a Ravens team this week that is scoring at will on everybody, and you got to think, got to get touchdowns when you get down in the red zone.
2: Ewood, you've played in Miami when it's been scorching hot. Well, it's always scorching hot. I mm-hmm. played down there. How much of an issue was that last week of those guys being out there in that sun, especially because you know the visiting team side isn't shaded. The home team side is right. shaded.
5: Yeah, it was it, it was hot down there. It was hot and humid. It had rained the day before, so it was like 100 percent humidity, 90 degrees out, beating down sun. Um, it said it felt like 100. That being said, with all the injuries, you had guys playing offense and special teams, defense, special teams. The Bills ran 90 plays on offense, and so those guys got wore out. I remember going down to Miami my rookie year and our offensive coordinator telling me that the offensive line was going to rotate in our backups every two series. And as an offensive lineman, I was thinking, this is, this is ridiculous. Like, why in the heck would we do that? And it was just in case something happened, like last game, where you get 90 plays, and then you can preserve some energy and be able to finish strong. But, I mean, guys on both sides of the ball, the Bills were affected by it, but the Dolphins had guys going out with cramps as well. And everyone will say, man, the Bills get 70-something degree weather in training camp, and then they go down to Miami and they couldn't handle the heat. Well, the Dolphins guys were bowing out as well, and so – it, it, was, it was extreme, but just like when it snows in Buffalo, it becomes a home field advantage for Buffalo. You get used to whatever you're you're playing in. You get used to those circumstances, and it provides a home field advantage.
1: We're talking to Eric Wood, Bills radio analyst, former NFL tackle. Kenny and Carlin, Harry Douglas, Jason Fitz in for the guys. Ken Dorsey in the press box has gone viral. Uh, I, I mean, what's your reaction to it, and what do you think the players think when they see that?
5: I listened to what Josh Allen said, and he said Ken Dorsey showed him the video when he got on the bus after the game, and they were kind of laughing about it, and Josh just said, look, Dorsey's a competitor. You know, obviously this is his first time calling plays this year. He'll learn from that, realizing there's a camera about a foot away from his face that's only there to catch reactions like that. They don't care. They wouldn't have showed that footage, um, and it wouldn't have been a big deal had no one freaked out in the booth, but Dorsey's a competitor, and – I had put on social media early in the week, like I would play for a dude that that's, that has that type of fire any day, and everyone says, "Well, we can't have guys throwing tantrums. It's a it's a bad look. It's this and that." And I'm like, "All right, well, in the heat of battle, I've broken my helmet on the sideline. I know Harry's blown up on people. It is what it <laughs> is. We're all competitors out there. And but if one day when he's a head coach, that'll probably be the first thing they show on social media. That's the beauty." And the downside of social media is those things live forever. But Dorsey's done a great job. I mean, you're talking about a team that one of the concerns heading into the year was could this Bills team um, do the same things on offense without Brian Dayball, who's now with the Giants. And they go out in the opener and the second game and score on their first drive of the game and kind of hush some of the critics.
1: I'm just going to say quickly, as the one guy in this interview process that did not play football, I think it's laughable when fans sit there and say control your emotions when it's I know hard, how man. I yell at a TV every Sunday for a game I have no control over. So I just I, I love guys playing with fire. Eric, we appreciate your time. Keep doing God's work. We appreciate you hanging out with us. Best of luck through the rest of this season. Enjoy the process.
5: Yeah, I appreciate it, guys. Thanks for having me on. See All you
1: right. soon, but I mean, Harry, I'm just saying, like, I know the way I yelled at my TV on Sunday, well, in, in Nissan Stadium, I know the the way that I yelled also. Like, I know what I say every time things don't go well for the Raiders, and then I look at people on Twitter, they're like, oh, coach has got to be better. Really? Oh, man. All right. Competitors, man. We'll get back to the NFL, and we'll keep breaking down divisions, best, worst. we got a lot of football content coming for you, but there was huge news yesterday out of Phoenix, and it shows that there might be a very real distraction on the court That destroys their whole season. I'll tell you about it next on ESPN Radio and ESPN Plus.
4: To your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price, Priceline.
0: You can't miss Canty and Carlin, pound for pound, the biggest show on ESPN radio. It's
1: Canty and Carlin, Harry Douglas, Jason Fitz. Harry, we gotta have a conversation about your fashion, all right? Because you are a fashionable man. You are a fashionable man. But here I am. Turn it on Countdown to Game Day, the great show that you do with Harry Lyles and Christine Williamson every single week from the side of Game Day. Turn on a couple of weeks ago in Austin, you were wearing a cowboy hat that would have made Dallas look like, I mean, old school Dallas, the TV show. <laughs> like, you went straight, I'm a, like, whatever the stereotype is of a Texas cowboy, you nailed it, man. Like, did you own that hat already or did you go get that hat? Like... What happened? Oh, yeah, there we go. We got Dallas music. So, to be honest, I tell a lot of people, when I moved
2: to Nashville, I got in tune, you know, with my countryside a little bit more. Mm -hmm. I was there for three years. Mm -hmm. So, I own about 15 pair of cowboy boots, uh, about seven or eight cowboy hats, belt buckles, the little neck things, all the wrangler jeans. Uh, I could barely move in them. You know, my doggone thighs are so big. (laughs) Joking. But I I would say when I got down there— I was like, you know what, let me go to this store. And I'm trying to remember the name of it. And they gave me a discount, man, because they knew exactly who I was. Uh, gave me 30% off everything that I was buying. So I got like two more pair of cowboy boots, uh, like two more hats or whatnot. But I like that side of me. You can, know, that's that's, that's, that's I, I call myself a black cowboy. You can, know what
1: can, I mean? Can, can, I t- can I tell you a true story here? Talk to me. Uh, 96, I moved to Nashville. I walk into a Boots & More store, like those other stores down on Lower Broadway, right? Mm-hmm. Brand new to the city. I put on a cowboy hat. Southern boy behind the counter comes out and he says, "Hey man, that cowboy hat on you look like Woody from Toy Story. <laughs> There's a snake in my boot." Hell I have no. never put i I've never put a cowboy hat on since because you know what? Sad part's he right. I look like Woody from Toy Story. The minute I put a cowboy hat on, it <laughs> is just. Like all of a sudden, I go straight into Tom Hanks. You should have like,
2: owned it, dude. You should have owned it. So my backup quarterback when I was in Tennessee, Matt Castle looked exactly like Woody from Toy Story. Uh-huh. To the point that we never call him by his damn name. We always call him Woody.
1: Oh, that doesn't surprise me. Literally. Either. So you're going to Clemson this weekend? Mm-hmm. Uh, presuming uh, God God willing with the storms and everybody stay safe. Yeah. Uh, do you have Clemson? Like, do you have some sort of swag picked out? You're gonna wear? So some-
2: I'm not gonna go too crazy because of the hurricane and the storm and whatnot. Um, but App State, I, I wore their colors or whatnot when we was up there for game day. I'm going to keep it simple this week because it's, it's a lot of things that can go crazy with this weekend and the storms happening and passing by and whatnot, so...
1: I, I respect that about you. By the way, Countdown to Game Day is on every Saturday, 8.30 in the morning, Eastern Time, right before game day starts. It's Christine Williamson, Harry Lyles Jr., Harry Douglas. Crowd, you, surf. I, I, I crowd surf. I crowd surf in App State. I, it's true story. He did crowd surf at App State, and I'm still jealous of it. Uh, absolutely incredible watch. Be sure to check it out digitally wherever you check out your ESPN digital content. It's great work, and really the fashion is the best part of it, Harry. All right, we're going to get you some breaking NBA stories coming up next. Kenny and Carlin on ESPN Radio, the ESPN app, SiriusXM channel 80, ESPN Plus, your mom speakers, grandma speakers, your dog sitter speakers. We're on everywhere. What? Hanging out. Tens, twelves in the back. Shout out to my puppy Annabelle listening at home because I leave ESPN Plus on while I'm gone when I know so she can hear my voice. So Annabelle, Daddy loves you. Uh, Harry Douglas, Jason Fitz. <laughs> Loves you. <laughs> I don't know. She her tail in my mind, her tail's wagging and she's now sitting in front of the, the TV in the kitchen and she is very excited. So uh, She's probably like <laughs> <laughs> She went and grabbed the little ball and she's like, he must be somewhere here ready to throw. Uh all right. <laughs> Candy and Carlos presented by Progressive Insurance. There's we're just now getting news out of the NBA in the form of athletes talking because media availability uh, has started. Yesterday, DeAndre Ayton had the first chance to talk to the press since signing his max contract this summer. All right, so you knew he was going to have plenty to say. But you almost forget with the Robert Sarver issue, the ownership issue of the Suns, you almost forget that there was drama because the last time DeAndre Ayton was uh, playing with the Suns, it was game seven and he was benched and there were questions about whether or not he had value to the team. Then they didn't give him the max contract he wanted. They waited till he got that offer uh, elsewhere and they matched that offer. So yesterday he talked to the press for the first time and this is what DeAndre Ayton said. How have you and Monty kind of been able to move I haven't spoken to Monty. No, I haven't spoken at all. Never since the game. So, not, not, even, not even. So, the question is, how have you and Monty, as in head coach Monty Williams, been able to move on? And his answer quickly and abruptly is, I haven't spoken to Monty. We haven't spoken since the game. So, Harry... You're talking about since a game seven, you were benched. while well, then you weren't given a contract. Then you were given a contract by someone else. That contract was matched through the process of signing that contract. You go in through off season where you're doing your own training. You've gone all of this time and you've never had a conversation with a man that will be the head coach of the organization you're playing for. That's wild to me for not just a player, but a player that's max contract valued.
2: Yeah, you talk about Deandre Ayton who just signed what 4 years, 133 million dollars and you did mention like the Suns, I don't think the Suns really want to give him that money, but they came back and matched uh a- a- offer that he had gotten. I believe it was from the Pacers, if I'm not mistaken. But here's the reality when it comes to Deandre Ayton, right? I I don't think he's been living up to his potential, especially you look at the playoffs, the series against um the, I'm trying to think that the Pelicans and then they lost to the Dallas Mavericks in the following round when you see Devin Booker you see Chris Paul those guys making the plays that they're supposed to make and I think everybody when it came to the Dallas Mavericks series didn't play up to the capabilities but he's still feeling some type of way about something and we don't know if 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 Monty Williams talked to him we don't know if DeAndre Aiden talked to Monty Williams we're just going off of what he says now if he didn't talk to him, I have an issue with that on both sides. And here's the here's why I have an issue with that on both sides. Monty Williams, you gotta talk to your players. Point blank period. I don't care if it's the worst player on your team, the best player on your team. You gotta talk to them in the offseason, even if it's once. Now, that's if that's if the statement is true. DeAndre Ayton on the flip side, what you just did within the media, I thought was Bush league and I thought was childish. And gives me more reason to say that you need to grow up and be a man. Because some things just stay in-house. If you didn't talk to them, why does the media need to know that? So now there's a bigger story, a bigger distraction heading into training camp to go along with the owner uh, of the Phoenix Suns, who's now about to sell the team. So why add that riffraff? Why add those troubles before the season starts? If you don't want to be there, why in the hell did you sign the four-year, $133 million contract? Now, granted, I understand that it's your money or whatnot, but why not just say in that moment that you don't want to be there? Don't don't carry it over to the 2022-23 season if you're feeling some type of way. Because obviously, Fitz, he's still feeling some type of way. And if you do feel some type of way, don't be a kid about it. Go to your head coach and tell him about it. Have a talk like a grown man.
1: Well, and and Monty Williams, his response to this was uh, to make it clear that he's been giving people a little bit of space this summer. And he said, quote, I think one-on-ones are always needed between guys I've been around for a while. Some guys need it, some guys don't. I'll identify that as the season progresses. I'll talk to everybody as I always do during training camp. It won't be an issue at all. And That's not a surprising answer from a coach because, frankly, I think you know coaches know what to say and when to say it. It's also not totally surprising to me to hear that Monty Williams decided to give players a little space. Uh, Aiton has been working out at the Suns facility for the last few weeks, Uh, but it is, it's just in today's world where a text can be sent at any time to choose to end the tension, you got to do that. Like this is where two grown-ass adults have to act like two grown-ass adults. And if you and I have an issue, uh, one thing that I know 100% is that I can always text you and be like, hey, let's talk it out, right? And it might be uncomfortable But that's what happens. You talk it out, you know? And at some point, when you're talking about a head coach and a $150 million player, those are the things that have to be talked out like if you're not talking it out it's just blatantly irresponsible by everybody involved and I, I can't get behind that like uh, in, in my mind whether it's Monty Williams not reaching out and just getting ahead of it or whether it's Aiton not doing the same either way you look at it and you can't tell me the first time that Monty Williams benches Aiton in a game and he doesn't like it He's not going to be vocal about it because he just was in front of a microphone. Like this becomes a yep. sort of cancer that can rip apart a locker room throughout the course of the season. Yeah, Vince, I would say it work. It works
2: both ways too. Like who? Why can't DeAndre Ayton hit up his coach and check in on him? Mm-hmm. Your coaching. I've done that times. My coach may not have hit me up, but hey, coach, is checking in. You doing good? The family straight? It's as simple as that. A text message. So don't just put it on the coach and you know he didn't call me. He didn't contact me. You you know you have a phone. You know how to reach out as well. But when you see what's transpired with this team the last two years, right, making the NBA Finals, uh, being up two nothing to the Milwaukee Bucks and then losing it, and then having you know big uh, expectations the following year, last year, but then losing to the Dallas Mavericks, which I, I don't, I still can't figure out how they lost to the Dallas Mavericks <laughs> in that series, and then you're coming into this year, you're trying to, you're trying to trying to be better as a group trying to be better as a team you're trying to make an NBA finals you're trying to get Chris Paul over that hump you know that's the one thing that's missing from his resume right now and you have these distractions to go along with your owner
1: yeah I keep thinking about that level of it And also went on to say I found the quote here when I'm in between those lines man I work I know I'm not playing for myself I have an organization across my chest a name on my back I have to represent I'm just here to work you can't have it both ways you can't be just there to work and also and do this nonsense, right? Like we're all smart enough to know the repercussions of what we say in front of a microphone. When you, when you reach a certain yep. level and you know, and when you cut a reporter off on a question and say, yeah, I haven't talked to him. I haven't talked to him. All you have to do is say, I'm going to keep that between me and coach, and we're going to work it out. Mm-hmm. And now you haven't created a story. That's why I'm. I, uh, the unfortunate thing here is if you're willing to create a story before the season has started, I cannot imagine what will happen leading up. I know what's leading up for us. Falcons coach Arthur Smith in 20 minutes coming up. We're also going to tell you what teams should be panicked heading into week four, and it's not just my beloved Raiders. That's next. Kenny and Carlin, Harry Douglas, Jason Fitz in for the guys.
0: Check
3: out Canty and Carlin weekdays on ESPN Radio and on ESPN Plus.